Put God first. Your presence in their lives gives them validation. Our children don't need us to be superheroes. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. Men, stand up, be fathers. Welcome to the Inspired Legacy Podcast, Season 1, Episode 3. In today's show, I talk with my good friend, Tim Stroop. Now, I caught Tim on his day off while he was watching his granddaughter, so there are moments throughout this recording where you may be able to hear the baby in the background, and there are even times where we had to stop the recording and uh, so he could tend to his granddaughter. So we've pieced everything together for you today. Um, it's still a really good message, uh, one that's very important in today's society. Today, we talked to Tim about his struggle with drugs and alcohol. Now, Tim has been clean and sober for more than 21 years, but today we talk about what led him to become addicted, but specifically what steps he took to overcome it. It's, a, it's an inspiring story. It's a story of faith. And again, I think it's one that's so important in today's society, especially when it comes to um, the, the men out there who might be struggling with the same problem as well. So with that, I give you my conversation with Tim Stroop. Mr. Stroop, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining the show today. Well, thanks, Mark. Good to hear from you too, buddy. I know we were working on getting you on here for a little while, so I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'll just tell the listeners right away that Tim is, he's in real life today. He's in grandpa mode. He's watching his granddaughter. So we've got a little baby sleeping <laughs> in the background. So if you hear any noises, we're just going to push through. And I love that about Tim. He's just, he's immersed in real life. So Tim, uh, most people aren't going to know who you are. Uh, so why don't you just tell us about yourself, um, a little bit about your life and, and how you got to be where you are today. Certainly. Um, like you said, I am a grandpa. That's kind of the high priority right now. And she's not sleeping. She's actually got her eyes wide open looking at me. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really cool. And it's just really cool to be in a position, uh, this position today. At one point in my life, I didn't know it, things were so uncertain. But I'm, uh, I've been in the car business uh, for 30 years. I am currently working down at Vern ID and I've been with them for the last 13 years and uh, love, love the place I work. Um, actually, it's amazing. It really suits who I am as a person and, and you can really do ministry out of, you know, cars are just God's way of you introducing you to new people. But I have a, a wonderful wife, Kelly, Kelly, uh, is from Sioux City also, and uh, um, we have two children, Josh, who is uh, just turned 29, and he's a nurse at the VA. Oh, nice. And I, yep, and he just got married this uh, last June 30th to a gal from Hazel, South Dakota, and uh, they're starting life. It's kind of fun to walk with them through this. They're uh, looking at uh, getting pre-approved for a home and doing all that stuff and, uh, you know, compiling their W-2s or tax returns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the nervousness around that stuff. Yep. 
he's he's doing well. And then I have a daughter, Megan, who is 27. They're 18 months apart, and uh, she just had a baby on October 26th. So that's who I'm watching. And the cool thing about that is her name. Uh, my little granddaughter's name is Journey Grace. That is cool. Yeah, it it really is. And it, <laughs> how she got that name, me and her uh, her mom kind of slid that in there, and she liked it. And probably one of the first things she liked from her mom and dad <laughs> all these years. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean those those teenagers they come around after a while, don't they, and realize that maybe mom and dad kind of know what they're talking about. I remember when Megan was just. Gosh, she couldn't have been more than 12 or 13 years old when we moved to Sioux Falls and first met you and Kelly. I can't believe she's 27 already. That's about, uh, that's about right. And, uh, um, there were some tough times. Yeah. Uh, very tough times. A lot of tears, a lot of laying in bed, uh, praying with your wife and holding hands and crying and crying out to God and telling him, you know, you promised. <laughs> so. <laughs> you were holding you to your promises, Lord. And this is what your word said. So, you know, and it's, there were some tough times, but um, it's funny how, how grace uh, covers those. And, um, you know, God tells us that like our sin, that uh, he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I think we get those uh, experiences so we can help someone else later on. I, you know, I'm in a men's group at church that every one of these men, they love Jesus, uh, but they all have kids, uh, you know, four, five, eight, nine, and they're going to be going through some tough stuff. And, uh, yep, they've got to, you know, be you hope that you hope they don't. You hope they don't. You hope everything's just wonderful and, <laughs> and peachy. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, there's there's a spectrum of quote unquote tough stuff that as parents, you just, you have to be expecting and ready for. And I think that, you know, things like those men's groups are a great way to not only prepare your heart, but surround yourself with some, some wise men and women as well to kind of lean on during those tough times. Well, that's, that's just it. And you know, it just seemed like when we went through it, there wasn't a lot of men that had gone through it. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know of any, but I mean, you find out more and more as you get older. But Yeah, absolutely. Tim, you touched on a word that I want to go back and revisit and kind of, that's kind of the point of having you on the show today. You mentioned experiences and I know you as being a man who have had, who's had many life experiences, uh, good and bad. And it's turned you into the man you are today, no doubt. And I look at you as somebody who, like, if you didn't know you and saw you in, in an alley, I mean, you're kind of a rough and tumble guy, kind of stocky and somebody, you just kind of come across as a, a guy that maybe you wouldn't want to mess with, but you're just, uh, you're a kind of a gentle giant in that way. And I think it's a lot of these experiences that you've gone through in life that have, I'm speculating now, but I'm guessing have kind of changed your heart over the years and softened you up a little bit and, um, take me back to, you mentioned earlier, you know, when we first got on the, on the broadcast here that 
you know, you're watching your granddaughter right now and, and maybe there was a point in your life when you maybe wouldn't have envisioned having a granddaughter or being around to watch her. So, um, I know that in years past, many years past, you struggled with addiction and that is something that seems to be a growing epidemic in today's world. Um, even locally here where you and I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, drugs of all sorts just seem to be getting more in alcohol for that matter. Um, seem to be growing in, in, um, in terms of how they're impacting not only the youth, but just fathers and and an entire disrupting an entire generation. When you look at, um, rising crime and the growing prison population and all of the problems in society that at the end of the day, you can point back to men who have lost their way and and have not stepped up to lead themselves and lead their families. And so I want to kind of turn the microphone over to you and just kind of take us through your journey. What, when did you, when did you first realize that you had a problem? You know, I don't know if I, I I had my first drink at a family wedding when I was eight years old. We, we split one, me and a couple cousins and we're in the bathroom, you know, drinking this, but I didn't realize how significant that was in the age. And by 12, we were probably drinking beer uh, pretty regularly at locally in town, in the town we lived in, going up to a bar and actually getting served, playing pool. And, and then it was just, um, it wasn't condemned. Uh, it wasn't condoned, but it wasn't condemned. It was like everybody did it. Yep. And I went to a school where I grew up Catholic and it's like all my buddies, everybody had 10, 12 kids in their family. So this is what the older kids were doing. And you just, you kind of followed in that, that track. And I played sports. And so the jock thing and the drinking thing kind of went together and, and had a, a couple fights and stuff that led to um, legal issues. And, and then you get, a DUI and you, there's times you think, you know, back even in college, you, you get a DUI and you go, God, this is crazy. And, you know, and you get up and then you go do it again. Well, then I'm done with college and it was looking back. I really found my identity in sports and football. Mm-hmm. And that's what filled my life. Yeah. Like a lot of guys, a lot of guys put their self-worth in, in those sports and activities that they excel at. And they put all their, like you said, all their self-worth into those. And then all of a sudden it it comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, it's gone. And there's a hole. There's a huge hole and you fill that hole with something, Mark. And I continued to drink and, um, and then I got involved in some other things and, uh, um, with, uh, methamphetamine specifically. And you have moments of clarity through the use of some of this stuff and even times where you, you know, I'm going to quit. You man up and think you're manning up and you're, you're I'm going to quit and you quit for a few days. And, and it, but it's like anything, where's the focus, right? I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm not going to drink tonight. Where's my focus. My focus is on the sin or what I'm not going to do. So what did you end up doing that night? 
you end up drinking. My focus wasn't wasn't on the Lord or wasn't on Jesus. And, but I didn't know at that time. And <clears throat> my wife had become a Christian in Arizona, and uh, um, we were living in Arizona at the time. And I was running with some shady people and still holding down a job and stuff. But at this point, I was addicted and uh, I couldn't get out of it. It had me. And I will tell you that drugs and alcohol, they don't care uh, your economic status, your social status. Right. They do not care your age. Uh, it does not care about gender. Um, it will just take you and it is Satan himself. He will take you and try to destroy you and, and everything you love. And uh, my wife had become a Christian and. And I can remember many, many prayers uh, her with her hand on me at night and the Bible being open at night. And I was not open to this at all. I fought it and fought it. And finally, she asked me to uh, she dragged me along to church once in a while. And I met some men. And one of them was a principal at an elementary and the other another one owned his own business and. A couple others were construction guys, but neat, neat guys. And they um, invited me to a Bible study. And at this point, I was still using. And and I had gone to their Bible study and uh, just kind of to appease my wife and appease them. But it got so bad, my wife finally gave me, said, you need to leave. It's time for you to go. But if you really are going to make a life change, you can come back. So I left for about two weeks, found out how many friends I didn't have. Right. <laughs> I can imagine. Slept in the car wherever I could. But uh, on July 22nd of 1998, I came home. And uh, I was had been drinking. I was high, been smoking pot, and I was high on meth. But it was one of those moments of clarity where I just knew that this was it, I was coming to the end. But I laid in bed and I just asked Jesus. I said, Jesus, I've heard that you can save people. Well, I need saving, and I need help. And if you can help me, please do. And uh, I went to sleep, and I. Woke up in the morning and I was clean and sober. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was like I'd never used to think. And I understand I had quit before. Sure. And you sleep for days. You can sleep for two or three days. And that morning I got up. I was fine. I would. I, I knew that I knew that I met the Lord that night. I just knew that I met Jesus. And uh, I got up and I was I had just something on my heart. I had to go and tell these guys. And my wife's like, where are you going? <laughs> she was probably thinking, here I, we go again. Yep, absolutely. And and I was like, hey, I'm good. I have I'll be right back. So I went to where they were making this meth and a couple guys in there and. 
I walked in and of course there was a table full of drugs and wow man how risky for you to go back into that though but what had happened was so dramatic so so life changing the old was gone i knew that the new had come and the old was gone but um i said i found a way out and they said what are you talking about i found a way out of this lifestyle i said and his name is jesus and i i'll never forget they both laughed at me but then they said sit down and and i was like no um gotta go so that was the last i seen of them i quite quite often think of them they were they were a couple uh bikers um and i quite often think of them if they've ever made it but but that was in july of 98 and the cool thing is you know what satan intended for to destroy me for death god is used to help heal others you know i've been involved in ministry for the last well ever since telling those guys about jesus that's what i do i mean whether it's about uh, uh, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, or there's a problem in a marriage or a problem in a uh, work situation or whatever the, whatever it is. Um, I've had a lot of opportunities to point people to, to the Lord. So that is amazing, Tim. That is amazing. So you were addicted, like you said, to multiple substances, it sounds like, and for a long period of time, and you were in about as deep as you could get. Your wife tried to bring you out of, uh, tried to save you, basically gave you the ultimate ultimatum, like clean it up or you're gone. And the only thing that could bring you back was a moment, like you said, a moment of clarity when you asked Christ into your heart. And just like somebody flipped a switch, you're cured. Uh, yes. And, and I don't get that. I think it is because I've dealt with people in recovery for um, quite a few years. And so many of them, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It, it's a process of this step and that step and continue to work in steps. And, but uh, with me, I think it's, I think he knows exactly. Well, I know he knows exactly what we need at the right time. Yep. Because I think, had I not been set free, healed, I, I, I know I wouldn't be here today. On a personal note, like, I am always so envious of the people like yourself who can pinpoint a day and time when they ask the Lord in their hearts and their lives and they were instantly changed. Uh, my pastor has a similar story. You've got this, this story. I've heard it from multiple people. Um, but I think it is important to, to realize that for most people, many people, including myself, it is a process, whether we're talking about drug rehabilitation or your faith journey, asking the Lord into your life. Yeah, it might happen overnight for some, but for a lot of people, it is a process. So I know that you were you were saved overnight, but real quickly, just kind of walk us through like your your faith journey. I mean, I, I have to imagine that it's grown exponentially over time. And uh, being involved in Bible studies and men's groups has probably helped immensely as well as having your wife be a a devout Christian as well. But what other things have you done in your life to really cement the Lord's word into your life? Well, it was crazy, Mark, but 
when I got saved, he drew me into his word and um, I just couldn't, I couldn't put it down. And, um, you know, it, trust me. And I need, when I say this stuff, it, I, I, I fail miserably. We all do. I, we all do. You know, I'd like to tell you, yeah, I get up every morning at five o'clock and from five to five thirty, I read the word of God. And, and, you know, and it's just not that way. Um, the word of God is a stable staple in my life. Um, and uh, but it he drew me into his word. And all of a sudden, you know, I started to believe these things. I was it just like. I believed it, what he said. And, uh, is it because you were seeing evidence of it in your own life? Well, it, absolutely. Now let's fast forward 20 years. And, uh, um, now there's things that happen and you pray for, you know, and he makes you wait and, and you, you got kids that go wayward when they're 12 and, they finally come around when they're 21, you know, now that, that takes faith. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that takes faith. When I happened to me and the way that I was saved, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't faith, but some cool, so many cool things uh, have happened. I mean, I can remember my daughter coming in, you know, six months down the road into the kitchen and I'm reading uh, the Bible at the table and she's talking to her mom. She goes, boy, mom, dad, you and dad don't fight anymore at all. Dad sure has changed. And you know, her mom would say, well, that's what God has done in your dad's life. You know, Um, I have to think that, you know, you've, you've established, um, an entire generation that is now exposed to Christ, right? You, you, your kids have seen the change in you and your wife um, years ago and, and then how it has impacted you and continues to impact you today. And just think about your grandkids now. The What you're going to model to them is just incredible. And I, I have to think that um, the Lord is going to continue to have a strong presence in your family for many, many years. So Tim, um, having heard your story, you know, this show is really dedicated and geared to guys looking to level up in all aspects of life. My prayer is that there will be guys out there listening to this who may not know Christ. And I have to assume that, you know, as we get more and more listeners, chances of somebody hearing this who has a problem with addiction or maybe knows somebody and who maybe doesn't know the Lord, what advice do you have to those guys out there who? might be headed down that same path or maybe already there, what practical steps can they take today to right the ship, so to speak, and get their life back on track? Well, there's people in our lives that are saying something, hey, I'm here for you or you need help. You really need to listen to them. And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to say and that's hard to tell somebody, but they're all around us. God has placed a lot of people uh, around us. And, and if it, if you've given God a try, if you've given Jesus a try and something didn't happen right away, you can't be discouraged. 
because he's continuing his pursuit even through the, you know, I think back um, all the times I could have died in certain situations, Mm -hmm. but he didn't let me. He hung on to me, even though I wasn't hanging on to him, but, but to give it another try, um, there's people, there's AA meetings, there's church meetings, there's men's groups, there's, um, there's, a number of sources out there. Face it together is a great one in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. It's free, free to people. If you think they'll just talk to you over the phone, you can just call in there anytime and talk to somebody. And uh, but there's a lot of pl- things you can do if you get that. If you have that moment of clarity, or if you're stoned out of your mind and you feel like you got to talk to somebody, there's somebody to talk to. Amen. And I, I have to think that in many cases, you know, those people who are, who love you and want the best for you, um, those are the same people who have maybe told you what you don't want to hear in, in times past. And that maybe make it, it might make it a little bit more difficult to approach those people. But like you said, hopefully that moment of clarity does come when you realize those people just want the best for you. They do love you. They do care for you. And they're going to be there for you when you turn to them in in times of need. So it's just a matter of humbling yourself and being willing to ask for help. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a humility uh, for sure. Uh, But unfortunately, most people have to be at uh, that place in their life where they're so sick and tired of being sick and tired, Mark. Yeah. They've got to want it, right? They do. They, they do. They have to want it more than the people around, around them want it for you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but that doesn't mean the people around us don't we don't quit trying. We might be annoying, <laughs> but we we love you. We love you, and we're gonna annoy you. <laughs> well, Tim, I know uh, you've got family there, and you got to run. But I do want to uh, close with one final question. And we've kind of danced around at this entire interview, but I always like to ask people, when you think of legacy, especially an inspired legacy, which is, I think is something that you've created in your home and in your family, what is your definition of an inspired legacy? Well, first of all, I just need to say uh, there's two parts to that. There's inspired and legacy. Um, inspired, I believe, is something that comes from God and God alone. It was Jesus. Um, I just kind of a life lived in grace that compels us to point people to Jesus uh, because we've experienced his amazing grace. My legacy, I if and I talk to you young people and I'm including you. (laughs) (laughs) But when you get to be my age, I don't, I really don't care what other people think. I look to forward to that day that I get in heaven and God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Yep. Amen. You know, you've, you've done well with what I gave you. I gave you my son, Jesus, and you told people about him. You walked, you walked it out. You talked about it. And, um, you know, you loved your wife. Like my son loved the church and, uh, you pointed your kids to Jesus. You did your job, you know, yep. and 
And there's, I ran across a uh, quote the other day that um, really stuck with me, but it was under the law, even the best have failed, but under grace, even the worst can be saved. So I'm going to claim grace. Grace is Jesus. Amen, brother. And it's all a journey, right? Going back to your granddaughter's name. Exactly. It's a journey of grace. And the sooner we get that, we're not obligated or duty. <laughs> it's not about our obedience. It's it's about what Christ did for us. And, you know, we don't have to do things if we're not led to do things. We do things because grace compels us, moves us forward. And uh, it is a journey. That's a powerful closing thought. Tim, I so appreciate you and your willingness to share this message. Uh, it's an important topic. I feel like we've really just kind of scratched the surface. So at some point in the future, I'd love to have you back on. We can maybe dive a little deeper and maybe even dive into uh, your journey of, of parented. Anytime, anything I can do for you, you know that. Even though you're jack, you love, like the jackrabbits. <laughs> Go Jacks. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right, brother. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Tim. I know I did. And I really appreciated the reminder that no matter what we're going through in life, no matter how long those struggles may last, whether it's a few days, weeks, or even years, as was the case with Tim with his his addiction to drugs and alcohol, no matter what we're going through in life, when we lean on God, his grace is going to see us through. If you guys took anything away from this, would you do three things for me? Subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. But most importantly, like I said, share this episode with anyone that you think could benefit from today's message. If you'd like to follow the show online, you can visit theinspiredlegacy.com. Again, that's theinspiredlegacy.com. And there you're going to find links to our Instagram and Facebook pages. And if you're looking for a way to keep your axe sharp by surrounding yourself with other like-minded dads, I want to invite you guys to join our free and private Facebook group. There you're going to find encouragement, support, accountability, spiritual growth, and there's a link to this group in our show notes. Again, you guys, I want to thank you for listening. Remember, subscribe, leave a review, and share our message because I really do believe that when we work together to lift up fatherhood, we're going to change the world one dad at a time. Until next time, live inspired. Live inspired.